sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, episode 20 something. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week, we talking about sitcoms my three sons versus mm, mm, what is it my two dads yeah sorry millennials but yeah uh, on both counts huh i think on both counts most likely i don't think anybody no no i i think my maybe my two dads is is like a go-to joke for people when did that air they might reference it i think it was 87 to 90 yeah 87 to 90 exactly three seasons man yep they knew when to get out when the getting was good uh, but we're not on that one yet. We're on my two sons, which I am sure nope. both Pat sons. and I. Right, my three sons. Well, after a while, it was two because uh, the oldest son left, never to be seen again. Um, but it's like Chuck. But we watched. Oh, oh, I forget what episode it was. I know what the, the... episode three of season one. Oh, episode three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we probably both grew up watching reruns of this. Maybe oh. not, I mean, not grew up, but we definitely saw reruns of this on tv i i actually didn't i i watched it like maybe twice it was one of those shows i thought was really cool but didn't air at the time i watched tv when i was a kid yeah it wasn't until i i think i saw maybe yeah i didn't see that many episodes of it so every every character in the episode we watched was new to me (laughs) but it stars well in my opinion it stars uh william frawley but Uh, anything he's in he's the star yeah but technically it stars um God, Fred McMurray. Yeah, Fred McMurray, who we Which, all know helps um, women kill their husbands. And I, I, I you know, for so this, so this is the fifties. I wonder, was this no, like? It started in 1960. Fun fact: right. it ran for 12 goddamn seasons, which had to be a record back then for a sitcom. Still is. I think only The Simpsons has surpassed it, and It's Always Sunny is catching up. But remembering Always Sunny always does do, only does like twelve episodes a season. It's never going to catch up as far as season length because yeah, because these um, guys were prime time. Well, no, two different I mean, networks. Just, but they were doing like a hundred episodes a season, a crazy number of episodes per season. It, it kept getting less and less each year. But I mean, we did episode three, and I think of thirty something. Oh, 30 Jesus. something yeah. another another show that we will never do oh actually i had an idea for an episode just to to let you know i want to do an episode where we just do two shows that we hate specifically big bang theory versus something else and here's the here's the twist that's going to make you enjoy it we can't say anything about the stuff we hate about we can only talk about the good stuff oh shit that'll be a short episode if we do big nope. bang theory so we can make because there's plenty we can find that's good anyway and also want to do that about music but anyway, back to my three sons. So episode three, and oh yeah, so William Frawley. I think anything he's in that I've seen, he steals the show. I love Lucy. He's the best part of I Love Lucy. Uh, he's the Santa, the Santa movie, uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. He is incredibly funny in that movie. He's the best. Have you ever seen that? No, I thought you meant Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm, very similar. He's also in that. And he plays uh, murderer number six. But he in uh, Mystery on Thirty Fourth Street, he plays a like a backroom. Uh, Tammany Hall type guy who advises the judge on how to, to push the case and uh, perfect casting basically cigar chomper yeah and he's really funny in it so William Frawley is can do no wrong in my opinion no me either and, although I do hear he was a total dick to Vivian Vance on I Love Lucy but 
in Lucy Hader, and she wasn't her her first choice for I Love Lucy. Her, her first choice was um, the dude who was in the next show. What's his name? Gordon something. You know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. On her on on the Lucy show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy wouldn't have worked at all, dude. That's in her radio show. Uh, what was the name? Uh, whatever. In her radio show. He was the the co star of that. So that's how they knew each other, and he was tied in to do so. Anyway, we're not talking about Gail yeah. Gordon is his name. Yeah, he no, he that he wouldn't have worked at all. He didn't have nearly as not enough curmudgeonness. It was nope. it was too over the top. Like, yeah, no. Oh, Armis Brooks is must, what he must have been in, which is another fifties standard that nobody knows about nowadays. Yeah, I, but my three sons, my three sons. So it's about a widower, widower Fred McMurray, who is a. Aeronautical engineer had to look it up. I thought maybe he was an architect from watching this episode. Uh, and so he's a widower. Do you think the the that's how he got a lot of money? Insurance? Oh, I'm sure he insured. I mean, listen, listen, man. Watch Double Indemnity first. That gives you the Fred McMurray uh, how he operates. Oh, and I wanted to go back to that. So he was kind of a I don't know if you'd say a movie star, but he was in a lot of movies in the 40s, in the, yeah, and 50s, probably like, 50s, yeah. So. And I, how big a step down was doing a TV show at that time? I know it was a step down, but does it count as a step down when you had 12 years of steady work? I, I doubt it. I mean, he it was probably easy as shit for him. Yeah, that's true. He probably, I kind of guessed that he had, like, he felt like he finished his film career and this was just something else to do. I know he ended up pretty wealthy from this and he had the so he had double indemnity and i guess he had some other roles i don't know about and then in the 60s he started doing the disney movies shaggy da man yeah yep and he's fine in the show yeah i mean he's he's just like a genteel white dude and Mm -hmm. um he doesn't do much actually in this uh we'll we'll give a synopsis a little bit of one yeah you do have it Yes. Oh, so William Frawley plays Bub, who was um, Fred McMurray's wife's father, and he moved in when she died uh, to help around the house. He's basically does the housekeeping, cooking, um, all the things that a wife would have done in 1960, I guess. Um, but he is embarrassing the kids because he goes to the PTA meeting and like riles up all the women there, and uh, he goes. Which was and- legitimately funny. It was it was funny. I agree. And he goes to uh, the middle kids. Cl- I guess it's an acting class. I don't know what the hell. They, like they're doing some skit for a talent. They're doing show a, or some a, a vaudevillian skit for some reason, and the kids just don't have that. The, the zest. Yeah. And he like gives all kinds of notes, and then he kind of uh, when when the oldest kid is interviewing for the state college, some guy comes by for a scholarship from state college. Uh, he kind of jumps in and. And messes that up, too, with his bluntness. Um, that's the basic gist. Although, mm-hmm. you know, there's a twist at the end. I'll, but there was a weird part to that that I'll talk about when we get to it. Anyway. That's the, the weird part I think we uh, we'll talk about when we get to it. But I think I, we might agree on the same thing about the weird part. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it soon. Uh, but so, I mean, I, I picked this episode because it had Bub's name in the title. And I was like, okay, it must be an episode focusing on Bub. Which and it was. was. Uh, I, I, I think one of the things that, uh, especially compared to the show we're going to talk about later, that I like, I like, and think that my three sons does a good job with is the kids talk like kids. Yeah, especially that middle kid. I thought was really good. 
Like, yeah. At yeah. the beginning when he's like jumping up and down and won't shut up about wanting the car. Yeah, oh, that I thought that was really effective television. That was really effective just as a screen work of having like a, a multiple conversations and noises happening at the same time. It was just it's something that even now you wouldn't see because it's just so hard it, to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a I, that was pretty that was a fun scene. Yeah, he's like Fred McMurray's basically moved on to talk to somebody else. Like, I think it was Bub actually. I can't remember. No, no, no it was, it was, it was the, the oldest son. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other dude is still screaming in the background about his car, and you can actually like make out what's going on, even yes. though there's two conversations going on. So yeah, I thought that was great. I have. I mean, I was surprised by how much I liked about this. I'm not surprised about William Frawley, but overall, I, I think this was a. Pre- I mean, it's not. It's definitely from the '60s, but it was still fun for a family sitcom. Yeah, it wasn't bad for, especially for that time. I mean, it's no Broad City, but um, it, it it's. Sounded, I mean, speaking of, I mean, of the time period, it's it's no Dick Van Dyke show, which I think is much better, but it was still fun. Yeah, it's well, it's a little earlier than Dick Van Dyke too. This at, at yeah, least this couple years. Yeah, a couple it's years. more Leave It to Beaver era, mm-hmm. I guess. Right, um, right, and it's much better than Leave It to Beaver. That's what I grew up watching. Was Leave It to Beaver. Me that too. Was the, Although I, there's some good Leave It to Beavers too, but yeah, it's spotty. Especially when, you watch when he's it now. when he's little. Yeah, when he's I, littler, I, it's better. I, I I remember as a kid, I had this. I mean, there's all these these shows that like I always thought of like My Three Sons was was another like the opponent of Leave It to Beaver, and I watched Leave It to Beaver. I was a Leave It to Beaver house, and uh, the Munsters were the Adams Family opponent. I was a Munsters house, so it was always not not opponent, but it was just like. It, it didn't play where I was, so it was always like going to a foreign country when I went to somebody's house who, like in another state where I could see the Adams family. I was like, wow, this is like the Munsters, but a little bit different. And the other one was I Dream of Genie versus Bewitched, and I was in the Bewitched house. You got to go Bewitched over I Dream of Genie, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't choosing; it was just what, what my channel showed. But I just liked that the '60s had all these shows that were kind of counterparts to each other, and this being the weakest link. I mean, there's not really. Might I leave it to Beaver isn't in any way similar to this show, except for the dads look similar. Yeah, and well, and you know, he has two. I mean, I know this guy has three sons, but you know, there's one older son, Wally, on Leave It to Beaver, and and a younger one like Chip on uh, on this one. But yeah, well, there was also like Father Knows Best. I mean, there was a lot of those. I mean, they're all basically family shows. The Donna Reed show. I remember Donna Reed show. Father knows best. I don't really remember. I remember the oh, it's Robert Wise. Robert Young. Robert Young. Okay, yeah, I do. Well, BMD. Yeah, I do remember that now. But uh, anyway, back to my three sons and William Frawley's awesome. midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. Well, he left the show after a while, and they they got what is his name? William Demarest. I can't. Demarest. He's another cranky person, but he's not as good not, as no, no. Yeah, and he had that weird red hair that had to be dyed. Um, because the dude looked like he was like 900 years old. <laughs> so, uh, where are we at on the plot here? Oh, he's bothering every. Oh, that's the other thing we're talking about. How these kids are are really seem like kids. The middle son's reactions in 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 school were really true to life. Oh yeah, he's mortified. So mortified. Well, I mean, you saw he he smiled and glanced at the. Uh, girl on stage who was doing the reading right. she smiled back and then here comes bub telling him he forgot his lunch <laughs> waving around for yeah like in, when you're in junior high that's like the worst thing that can happen i think yep. and i except and for I, popping a big old b when you go up to the blackboard thanks um your big old b is is that some kind of bagel mm-hmm. 
when it pops I, out I, of the toaster in in your back yeah, pocket. and you're yeah. you're trying to write trying to write on the board, and that pops up, and you're hungry. <sighs> that is embarrassing. Uh, uh, Bob, oh the so there's intervention later in the episode where the kids are like, can't bugs. Bub is bugging us, and you have to help his dad. So he goes to he goes to talk to Bub, and Bub thinks it's all about his cooking, which I find really hilarious. I, yeah, I know I'm not that good of a cook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that they built this, this, this. They wrote this self awareness into him where he's he he feels bad about his cooking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that that beginning scene when he's in the PTA was funny, and like oh. Yes, he's like chuckling to himself. He's just like trying to get these women all riled up. <laughs> yes. They're they're talking about something called oh man stickball no, smack, it was smackball or some sh- I can't remember. It wasn't kickball. No, it, it was some other it was thing. Some weird yeah. It wasn't yeah. stickball um because that's a real thing. It was smashball <laughs> or something. Who who cares? It was basically throwing a ball to... at somebody and trying to knock them down. And they wanted to ban it. Yeah, and he was he was against it. <laughs> what he raised the... he raised a bunch of sissies. <laughs> yeah, that was that was might might have been the only weak part of the story because the little kid had no reason to be upset about that. No, and he even came home and and said it was great right. at first. Yeah. So, but you know, you got to give Chip something to do. Yeah, starting fires. I do remember like watching these all these shows we talked about um, when I was younger, watching them and being like, "This is not what." My family life is like it all. This is <laughs> fucking bizarre. Do people live like this? Do people wear suits all the time? At home? <laughs> Wait, they're working at home? No, not my parents. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and it turns out, well, anyway, he goes through all this stuff. Yeah, these kids are trying to get their dad to do something. He's saying, like, well... Do you want to hurt his feelings? You know it's going to hurt his feelings and like guilting them into not saying anything, um, which they don't, except then they have a dinner where nobody talks or says anything because they're all upset. And that's where Bub is sure that it's his cookie it's that cooking. people are upset about. Yeah. That's the that's the elephant in the room. There's the payoff of that scene. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out, and this is, okay, so here's the weird part. It turns out. Um, so, so what happens next is a bunch. Of, so the father says he's going to talk to Bub, and all the kids go upstairs, and they're they're a little bit worried, but they're like, it's going to be for the best. And then the phone calls start coming in at the same time the conversation between father and Bub is starting. The yes. phone call from the school where they say that I forget what the the school says about the PTA, where they're glad he comes and participates, something like that. Right. And then um, the middle son gets a call from his drama teacher who's like, I'm so glad Bub has come in to help us so much get things done. And then the call from the the president. And I like that the college is called State College. Yeah. State College is where he's (laughs) going to go. The the president of State College calls and says he's accepted, and and Bub had nothing to do with him whether or not he was going to be accepted. In fact, I like it when people speak their mind, he says. Yeah, it's it's rare these days. So (laughs) so it turns out Bub was great. But then Fred McMurray says, like, the one of the sons says, it's weird all those calls came in at the same time. And Fred McMurray's like, yeah, that is a strange coincidence. And I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, did they Fred make McMurray it. set something up? I, so that's what you're talking about is weird, right? Yes. Because that's what I thought was weird. The implication was that he set it up. If he set everything up, why did he have the weird conversation with Bob? Why didn't he just sit there and pretend he had a weird conversation to get the kids nervous until the call comes in? But <laughs> if Bob wasn't, wasn't being so... Uh, 
weird about his food, he would have come out and said, Bub, you're bothering the kids. Stop. And his plan would have been for naught. So it's really weird unless he's he has some kind of psychic powers to make the phone calls come in. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Um, but he had that knowing knowing look at the camera. He's like, that is weird, isn't it? That's the thing. There was no explanation. And then I was no. like, well, yeah, it is a weird coincidence. Is there any follow-up <laughs> to this? Or Because you read that line in the wrong way. <laughs> If you're just I trying to say it's a coincidence. I think that's all it was. It was just a coincidence. So he he just uh, put some portentousness into that line reading. Um, yeah, and then there's a, another thing where the, the middle kid who wanted a car, Bub, buys him an engine. And yes. for some reason, he goes into the garage and is just jacking that engine up, um, spewing smoke everywhere. And everybody's just <laughs> yeah. standing around in the garage like they're not... <laughs> breathing in toxic fumes at all. That's such a weird scene where he, he, he goes out and, and, and just starts it and he's running around like a madman and it's hilarious. It's it's a good show for the time. Like, Yeah, I am I am actually really surprised to not come here and just say this is such crap. Well, I want, there might I didn't be for, time for that in oh, this episode. But, yeah, not for this. Yeah, not for this at all. It, it's and, and Not only is it somewhat enjoyable but it's just interesting how they were doing things that i wouldn't have expected like like you talked about like the talking over people and i was reading that that the the show i guess that i don't know if they call it showrunner back then but the guy who created the show was famous for for creating like scenes where there's lots of noises happening at the same time which that's that that scene you're talking about would be a great example of it but he does it over and over across the run of the show just to show how chaotic family life can be, which I think is pretty neat to to throw that kind of thing in, in into a simple sitcom like this. Yeah, and yet Robert Altman gets all the credit for it. <laughs> I like Robert Altman. He's spotty, but I like some of his stuff. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, millennials, you probably won't relate. There's Although I think there are genuine laughs, like no matter what age you are. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, it's not like this show was on when we were kids. It was reruns then, so I'm sure millennials might have had Nick at Night. That's true. I mean, it was on. To be fair, when I was, I two have years no old. idea why why you're obsessed with millennials. I just, I just love that we talk about so much shit that is like, might as well be from a different planet. Um, because Wait, culture is so different. You were born in '69. No, I was born in '72. It ran to, it ran 1960 to '72. Oh, I thought you said this was only when you were three years old. No, two. Yeah, so. Wait, I was born in 70. I don't fucking know. Did you just say you were born in 72 and you are actually born in 70? All I got to go by is my birth certificate, and it's in Brazilian. Who the fuck knows? That's true. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, no, this, uh, it's, it was way better than I remembered or thought it would be. Or has any, any right any to be. Any right to be, great. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm not obsessed with millennials except for the fact that, like, for so much of time that TV was around, like, especially when we were young, it was just the same fucking repeats over and over ad nauseum. And, like, by the time these these people now who are in their 20s, like, by the time they were grown up, there, there was already a billion different options. Like, this stuff is not on their radar. I just find it funny that we continually talk about this shit. Um, I, not that I know that any millennials are even listening. I know for a fact they are. Oh. Well, hi, millennials. Sorry, millennials. Uh, and, I, you... and I don't I don't think they mind that we talk about things that they watch on Nick at Night, because everyone likes Nick at Night. Yeah. Where else are you going to see Cosby? 
these days. Because. Get on my dick. I can't do a Cosby. I try. <laughs> I think you did a really good one, and I am um, aroused. But speaking of people who are listening, all right, shout out. Actually, I don't know if these people are listening, but according to Facebook, they've checked us out. Uh, Oklahoma City, uh, New Albany, Indiana, Gardner, Kansas, Louisville, Kentucky, um, all over Ohio, actually. Spring, Texas, Clearfield, Utah. To you people, I say my condolences. Move somewhere better. We also have some Washington, D.C. Wait. Wait, Clearfield, I, I don't know where Clearfield, Utah is, but lots of Utah is really beautiful. Oh, no doubt. Um, especially those 14-year-old brides, which we'll get Thanks. to in the next segment. Oh, boy. But uh, Would you that, like to take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and we'll return with my two dads. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. And we're back with My Two Dads. Uh, really hard show to find online. And I think we've, after watching the episode, we see why it's so hard to find. And before we begin, let me say, I like Paul Reiser a lot. Paul Reiser's fine, yeah. He's done a lot I like of good Paul Reiser a lot, and I, I feel like he was sincere in this role. And anything bad I say about this show is, is please don't take offense, Mr. Reiser. Who is listening and not a millennial. Uh, Greg Evigan, on the other hand. Um, I, I, you know what? He worked with the chimp, so I'm jealous of him. Yeah, BJ and the Bear has one other big project. Uh, got him this gig, which... And I, I also know, like to... Step down or up? I have written a song called... Uh, Greg Evigan begin again, and at the end of the episode, we'll be playing it. Excellent. Um, yeah, so if you don't know this one, this is um, about, it's well, it's about another woman who died, I think, although it didn't come up in this episode. But Yeah, that, that that's the plot, that the, the woman died, oh, but I can't remember. One of these two men was the father who... Uh, who, but it couldn't be determined because I don't know. DNA testing was in its infancy in '87. I don't know. Um, no, so. they did have. She didn't want to find out. I'm reading the Wikipedia page. There was a, a test run, and she destroyed the results because she she did, was happier not knowing who was the father. I see. So it's one of these guys. So I think they move in together. Mm-hmm. They didn't know each I, other previously. Maybe who fucking cares? No, no, they did, but they didn't like each other. They, they both, yeah. They both like it was it was a competition because they were both interested in the mother, right? And and uh, one of them is just kind of a shallow uh, doofus, Greg Evigan, and an artist, a struggling artist, struggling artist. Yeah, he really believe- comes off like an artist. <laughs> so, where are they living? I, I'm assuming they're living in one of those magical okay, houses no, th- in New York. 
again, thanks to Wikipedia, they're living in Joey's house. And the, the building they live in, Joey is uh, Evigan. Yeah. The building they live in, live in is paid is bought by the, the the judge who who watches over them to make sure they're doing a good job with oh, I the mean, daughter, Nicole. I think we all know judges do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Family court judges, sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah, and then Paul Reiser is Paul Reiser. I mean, if you know who Paul Reiser is, that's what his character is here. Yeah, and it works much better when he's involved with the show, like Mad About You, or it works really well in Diner and Aliens. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know what? I've, ne- I've never seen Diner all the way through, I don't think. I need- Maybe we should do that sometime. Oh, we should. That is that is a good movie. I uh, Barry Levinson, I, I like Barry Levinson. And he brought us The Wire, basically. What's Barry short for? Barrett's? Uh, I don't think it's short for anything. What's John short for? Oh, Jonathan. Damn it. What's Pat short for? Oh, shit. Anyway, my twad, twads, as uh, uh, we like to call it. What? Oh, my, my twads. No, it's my two dads. Yeah. My tutids. That's that's the... That's the whoa, have you seen um, the Oh Hello Here? on Broadway on Netflix? No, I haven't watched it. It's okay. good. That's how they would pronounce it. My tutids. <laughs> the character. So no, go ahead. Um, I it didn't. He didn't show up in this this episode. But watching the credits, Giovanna Ribisi was in this show. Oh, the guy who you can't tell if he's playing some somebody severely mentally challenged or with some kind of brain disorder, whenever he <laughs> shows did. up on screen or not. Um, I guess that's his shtick. In any case, uh, so he must have been young then. Maybe he was like the love interest. Maybe. Did Butt Kiss also in the show, not in the episode we watched. The okay. episode we watched was especially creepy for any time period. It was. But, but before we get into that, do you ever notice his name is like Dick Butt Kiss? I bet, I bet nobody's ever thought of that one. Butt Kiss. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, but I kissed her like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's like he's he's his name is Dick, but kiss him anyway. Uh, oh, because he's not a nice person. Well, no, it has nothing to do with his personality. It's just his name is Dick. Like, why wouldn't you go by Richard? Stupid. Uh, Dick is oh, yeah. for Richard. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. Anyway, by all means, proceed with the rather disturbing description of this episode. The only one we could find online, by the way. No, uh, after we found this one, there, this oh, it did few, pop up with it. Yeah, that's true. There's a few more on that site, but I mean, this is as good as any. And it looked like it was a copy of a VCR recording. Yeah, recording because it had all those little scan lines in it, or what are they called? Tracking lines. Anyway, so Paul Reiser playing what's his character's name? Mike Michael had taken Nicole, his 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 the daughter he shares with uh, Joey, and and Nicole's friend. I don't know. I don't remember her name. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Tiffany. Why not? To a baseball game, and when they got back from the baseball game, Nicole and Tiffany are talking, and Tiffany is in love with Michael. Yes, with Stephanie's dad. Basic. Wait, Stephanie is that her name? Nicole's dad. Nicole. Shit. Yeah, with Nicole's dad, um, which Nicole is none too happy with, as and most and the way would not be. They are fourteen. The, we should mention. They're, they're 14 both, years old. They're both 14 years old. And the way Nicole tells her that she's upset about 
is straight out of the, the mouth of a 40-year-old because she goes on this riff that would have sounded perfect outside of coming out of Paul Reiser's mouth, which was, as I was talking about, children that don't act like children. Yeah, that was a big problem in 80s movies it, and sitcoms, I think. Yeah, like sometimes it's like its own purpose, like like Modern Family, that, that character is supposed to be, you know, it's it, that's right. a part of the character. But this was not on purpose. This is just, it, I don't understand it. But anyway, so she, she does this angry, she's angry at her and she tries to talk her out of it. And she's talking about how it doesn't make any sense. Oh, wow. The opening theme is performed by Greg Evigan. Oh, he is an artist then. Yep. And he composed the music. I wonder if he did BJ and the Bear theme too. Remember that one? Just some good old boys. Never meaning no harm. That's all I know. No, no, no. It's like a, just a, a horn for five yeah, it's minutes. Like a... Yeah. Um, oh, TV theme songs. Where have they gone? Netflix still has them, and you can't skip over them, which is kind of a crime, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, wait, you can't? You can, but then you have to... Oh, I went Yeah, you have to, like, find the... Yeah, yeah. If you watch, if you if you uh, for some shows, if you watch a bunch of them in a row, it it skips it for you. But other shows doesn't do it. Yeah. And if you don't watch them in a row, it doesn't do it for you. So. Yeah. Then you gotta fast forward. This, yeah. And like that's the HBO shows too. But like that's the thing about like Game of Thrones, you like watch it once and you find the point where the theme song ends. Boop. Just fast forward to that point from there on in. Easy. There's a tip for all you millennials that I love so dearly. Uh, because I am like Greg Evigan. Well, I don't understand. We'll get to. I don't understand about millennials. Is it's it's it it seems like there's all these think pieces written about them, but it can't be that many people. It's only people born in the year 2000. So that's why I just really don't care. I know they're all 17 years old. Mm. Um, yeah, I know you would think. Although really, it should include 2001 because there was no year zero. So that doubles it right there. Oh, this is this is something millennials will really get the argument about that. There's um, two years of people arguing about when the century started. Were there this many think pieces on our generation, like from yes. the baby boomers? Oh my god, were the there? Generation X articles drove me crazy. Oh yeah, I don't remember them. I probably just well, was like, they're, okay. they're they're easier to avoid when they're in like issues of Rolling Stone and uh, or details or whatever. You're not looking at them online. Yeah, but now they're true. Like, or sharing them on Facebook. It was all over the place. Gen X and Slacker, the Slacker generation. That's true. Oh my God, shoot me now. It was bad. So Yeah, I'll tell you this, millennials. These people writing these articles are 100% without fail full of shit. They, so, I mean, they're, they're just, all they're doing is doing a find and replace from the Gen X articles they wrote 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So you can feel free to ignore them. Anyway. Because um, I. I am, I'm pretty much done talking about millennials. Well, we should also mention that uh, Paul Reiser did ask out the ball girl at the oh, at baseball the game. game they're at, who was also blonde. And so at the diner, um, Tiffany, or whatever her name was, uh, is... But to, come, just to put another layer of creep on this, ball, ga- ball girls at games nowadays, at least, are mostly 14-year-olds. But moving this on. This one was not, no. uh, because we saw her in the episode. So, that yes. yeah, that was good. Um but yeah, in, in any case, so uh, they're all so at a diner. They're all at the diner, and Nicole sees Tiffany going up to Michael and acting flirtatious and tries to stop it. But she doesn't want to say it out in front of everyone, so she grabs Greg Evigan, 
brings her back to brings him back to the apartment to tell her him that in in the most confusing way possible that Tiffany has a crush on her father. On her, yeah, Greg she keeps Ev- saying on my dad. Right, and uh, Greg Evigan uh, gets gets really excited about this creepily. Yes, it's super creepy. Um, because he thinks he just assumes that she's talking about him. Um, and then when he finds out she's not, he wonders why it's not him. And also and super it, fucking creepy. She's 14, the, to reiterate. And this is the theme throughout the episode for this character. Yes. Who's, who's upset <laughs> about a 14-year-old not crushing on him. Yeah, like so they, Jimmy Page in the 70s or something. It's, yeah, while it's, this is happening, Tiffany has bought a milkshake for Paul Reiser. Again, Paul Reiser does everything he can with this role. I have nothing to, against Paul Reiser. You know what? I will say... As well, he, Nicole does everything with this role that she yeah. can because it's like you said, she has to deliver these stupid fucking lines that <laughs> should be coming out of Paul Reiser's mouth, um, and and she's not bad at it. So, yeah, I agree with that. I I just really like Paul Reiser, so I, I feel bad saying anything bad about him. But to be clear, this is a terrible show. Oh, it's I awful. Know I, I haven't. But so they're having a conversation, and Tiffany says, "I had a wonderful." time at the ball game and Paul Reiser for some reason Paul Reiser's character for some reason decides to say, talk about his dating life with this 14 year old and says so did I and I met someone really special a blonde wearing a, hat, a Mets hat which Tiffany happens to be a blonde and I guess she was wearing a Mets hat yeah that's what we find it. so uh, and yeah and she asks him uh, when they're going to meet he's like oh tonight at when they're going out tonight at my apartment at 7 um, which she somehow takes as him asking her out which yep. would Maybe that's how junior high kids ask each other out, but that's not how Paul Reiser's going to ask you out. Trust me, I know. <laughs> and really, of all the com- the convoluted uh, confusions in this episode, this is the, the, the one that makes the most sense. <laughs> I could see her making that mistake. I still don't understand the Greg Evigan stuff. No, the Greg Evigan stuff is like straight up pedophilic shit. Like, it, it, yeah, bore, it's, it, yeah, it's not cool. Um, anyway, I so, wouldn't go that far, but it's, really no, it's bad. not. Yeah. It's, 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 it's disturbing, it's, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, so, uh, later Paul Reiser leaves and Nicole and Greg Evigan come back to talk to Tiffany and try to say, you shouldn't have a crush on him. And Greg Evigan, instead of, you know, actually dealing with, <laughs> with the girl, they have the character asking why she doesn't like him. And she says, because he's stupid. And he, instead of staying and trying to help more, he just leaves. Cause he's so upset. Yeah. He's so upset that the 14 year old does not. And so he starts reading Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lesser impress. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually a, a solid joke. It was, uh, what was it like Titus Andronicus or something? I can't even remember. Coriolanus, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was a solid joke, but in the in the service of abject creepiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, of course Tiffany shows up at seven at the apartment right before Ball Girl does, and mm-hmm. uh, and she's humiliated and hurt when she finds out she was not the object of his affection. So Paul Reiser goes down to the malt shop where I guess they hang out all the time to because I, I guess they think they're in my three sons when people went to malt shops all the time to uh, console her. I mean, he basically figures out, well, he doesn't figure out, uh, Nicole he's tells him specifically that, that she doesn't have a father she does not in her have life. A father. So he's kind of 
he he figures out that he's acting like a father figure for her. That's why she likes him. Like he bought her hot dogs and stuff at the game. Um, and so you know he he breaks it to her gently. Um, as and just, don't forget the music that is involved in this 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 conversation where it's Greg like Evans the sh- joint. Yeah, schmaltziest. Uh, what is it? Was the flute? No, it was a piano. Little tingling while he's having this conversation. And again, Paul Reiser does a great job with with everything he does in this episode. And I'm I'm sad that he has to do it. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure he is too. Because I notice he's been on podcasts in the past couple of years talking about how he's he's gotten mad about you back on DVD, and he wants everyone to watch, and he loves mad about you. No mention of my two dads. Nope. He'll bring up Diner for sure. Oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah ne- He'll bring up never, Aliens. Yeah. No mention of my two dads. Greg Evigan, bring up B- B- uh, BJ and the Bear. Bring up Tech War. No mention of my two dads. Tech War. I didn't know the Evs did anything besides those other two, but I didn't realize that there was a TV version of Tech War, but there was. That's, that's the that's... Shatner thing, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, if I write something and take that R out, R out, no one will know. I'm really wa- talking about Star Trek. Um. Yeah. Anyway, he he breaks it to her gently and, you know, tells her why they can't be together and, and offers her, you know, if you ever need uh, a dad, basically, you know, I'll, I'm there for you. So s- sweet. And yet still the whole thing is all fucked up. Like, well, it's all fucked up because right as that re- genuinely sweetly written, I thought aside from the music, I thought that was, I mean, Greg Evigan wasn't in it. So that was part of the good Paul Reiser did a good job of delivering these like sweet, sweet platitudes about being a father for someone who doesn't have a father. I thought that was nice. But immediately they go to Greg Evigan asking Nicole, do any of your other friends talk about me? Which might have been the creepiest line of the entire episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. I am sorry. Greg Evigan, your character has problems. (laughs) I mean, considering you wrote all the music, maybe you wrote those lines, too. So maybe you (laughs) yourself have problems. Um, And so beyond the creepiness of it, because – Perhaps there could be a funny show. It just wasn't funny. No, it, it wasn't was, funny at all. It was, it was bad. No. And everyone knows that, so I don't know why we had to look at it and figure that out. But I, it's good that someone did. It's good. And there is – so it, this is an explanation why All in the Family is on YouTube and My Two Dads isn't because no one cares to put this show anywhere where people can watch it. No, the one person who had like three episodes recorded yeah. on his VHS has put them up, so – so he lives in Detroit. Ah, or lived else? in lived in Detroit. Yeah, probably lives in Flint now. Oh, you know what? I guess we're dumb because if we would have looked at Wikipedia, Wikipedia claims several episodes from the first season can be streamed for free online from Crackle. We are dumb, but on the other hand, who cares <laughs> what episode you watch, really? Uh, exactly. Um, yeah, so there you have it. My Three Sons is greater than Alligator, alligator Teeth Eating my two dads. I guess we should have known that already just by the fact that one has three and the other has two. It's true. As Trump has taught us, the more of something you've got, the better you are. I didn't know he taught us that. Mm -hmm. The art of the deal. Are you sick of winning yet? What's that? Are you sick of winning yet? Am I sick of winning yet? Recommendations. Recommendations. Asians. 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 You go first. I bet you have something. I bet I know what it is, but I could be oh, wrong. Wait, what? I haven't watched it yet. What am I? Oh, what am okay. I? That's what oh, I. Oh, I do have a recommendation because I have seen a movie this week that is uh, people should watch. I saw Wonder Woman, first DC movie worth going to see if you're on the fence, and I don't know why you would because everyone's saying great things about it. 
uh, go see Wonder Woman. It was it was a lot of fun. It was I I had high hopes based on the, the reviews and it lived up to it. I had small quibbles about the story, but other than that, it was good. Well, you know, it's it's based on a DC character. There's always going to be small quibbles about the story. I think. Um, Is that what you thought I was going to recommend? No, I thought you were going to recommend something else uh, that just started on Netflix, but I I haven't watched it yet. Okay, yeah. Um, then I'll leave that one for you. I've watched some of it, but I have, I have a feeling you'll recommend it. Um, I'm going to recommend a different TV show then. Uh, Twin Peaks, season three. Really? It's good? It's possibly the most fucked up thing ever on TV, and I am enjoying it. There's some parts like... That there's a, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. There's a certain storyline that's getting dragged out to where you're like, no, just end this and get back to what we want to see. But I understand, like, it's 18 episodes, so they're going to drag shit out. And, you know, I don't know. I Like, I kept reading online, oh, there's a seven-minute scene of some guy sweeping the floor. <laughs> First of all, it's like two minutes at most, um, which is a long time for a scene of somebody sweeping the floor, but... It is David Lynch, too, and it's not like the guy doesn't know how to do what he does. Like, it, you're still watching it. You're not, like, looking at your watch unless I – maybe unless you don't – you've never seen David Lynch before. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really, really enjoying it. And one thing people never bring up about Twin Peaks is how funny it is. Like, there's a lot of humor in it as well, so – I feel like I'm just, it's too late for me because I never watched, I've only watched one episode of the original series. So it's watching the original series now is just not worth it because it's, um, I don't know, maybe I'll do it, but it just feels like I'm too late to go into that. Here's what you can do. Watch the entire first season. Mm-hmm. Um, watch the second season up until the reveal, um, which you'll know what I'm talking about when you watch it. You can skip all the way to the very last episode. Because it gets really soap opera-y there in the in the middle towards the end. Um, but you can watch that last episode, and then you'll know what's going on. And then by the mm-hmm. time you're done with that, season three will be available streaming anyway. So, oh, how are do you have Showtime? Or are you watching it in some way that you can't admit on the air? Um, the latter. The latter, mm-hmm. man. That what are you song? going to paint something? We actually do have. I have a ladder up in the room right now that I'm looking at because we're. Uh, changing the curtains out. Isn't that oh, scintillating? Wow. Yes. Uh, Are you sure that's not pronounced? Oh, I have a second recommendation. I do too, actually. Uh, Go for yours, though. I'm going to recommend another film from a few years ago, a cartoon from Disney called Zootopia. It's, oh, it's uh, good. It's re- oh, you've seen it? Yeah, and it has was, one of my favorite people in it. Sorry, go ahead. It has Jason Bateman and uh, I forget her name, but she's anyway she's fine in it. It's 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 a funny story, and they do a good job of of referencing like pop culture stuff without hitting you over the top with it. Which sometimes cartoons are are good at referencing stuff, but they do it too much. And this show does a, I mean, this movie does a good middle road where they're referencing funny stuff, but it, if you don't know what they're talking about, it really doesn't matter. It's still a fun movie. So and just it's like the nice old Warner story. Brothers cartoons were, yeah, like that's the hardest thing to pull off. I feel like. Yeah, that was really good. So, oh, who who is well, it? Well, Jason Bateman is one of my favorite people, but okay. so is Jenny Slate. Oh, I don't think I realized she was in it. She who is it? the the mayor's assistant who becomes the mayor. Oh wow! I didn't yeah. put that together. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Zootopia is good. Well, my and, no, go ahead. Very pretty too. Very pretty animation as well. Yes, the animations is super nice. Wait, was that a Disney? 
Or yeah. Pixar. Okay. Dis- no, yeah, Disney. Disney's yeah, definitely a... gotten on the ball with their animation. I think when the 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 merger, well, not merger. I don't know how that works. But when Disney bought Pixar, some of the talent from Pixar went over to Disney Animation, especially Lasseter, who's now in charge of animation for both. I assume. And I think that's that's really up the game. So Disney's movies are a lot better than they were before the merger. At least it seems that way to me. Like Wreck-It Ralph, I didn't like it as much as other people, but I, I didn't like it as much as other people exactly for what I complain. I've, I'm saying Zootopia did well. I thought the, the references to like old video games was over the top and not as interesting as in Zootopia where it was just kind of things were referenced. I haven't and, seen – yeah, I haven't seen Wreck-It Ralph, but they did more it's than good. the family guy um, – not that thing. bad. Not, not, well, it, nothing's no. that bad, but yeah, more, yeah. more. Okay. Yeah, it's still funny, but it, it feels like watching Wreck-It Ralph. If you don't know the the references, it's not as funny. And I feel like in Zootopia, it's just it's just a fun movie altogether. Like you said, Warner Brothers, there's, uh, the old Looney Tunes cartoons is a perfect reference to what they what they did. Yeah, maybe even Animaniacs, which I was too old for, but I don't. Oh I, my god, that was a well great too. show. Yeah, I loved Animaniacs. I I might have been too old for it, but I, oh my god, that was a great show. Now they're talking about bringing it back. That brings me such joy. Well, there's your third recommendation then. Watch the new yeah. Animaniacs. I can recommend that every week. No, uh, millennials were watching that. No, but the new they haven't watched a new one yet. I don't think they made a new one yet. My second recommendation is. Uh, I believe I just shared this with you in a totally legal way. The uh, Purple Rain Deluxe Edition, which has a whole disc of unreleased songs from the vault, uh, which is worth the price alone. And they actually remastered it, which is nice. And Prince oversaw the remastering. Oh, really? Before he died. Yeah, he did. Um, So I hope there's a lot more of these coming in the future with remastered and all those tracks from the vault um i i have a lot of them in bootleg form but a lot of them sound like shit so uh yeah definitely definitely worth it the prince purple rain ratio which we did a uh, an episode on the album purple rain you can go back and find it a great album was still it, was that the episode we did with uh pat or yes. is that the yep okay i knew we did another prince episode where that yeah, was right after Marcus. We did uh, Sign of the Times versus Thriller. Right. Oh, that's right. It wasn't just Prince. It was Michael Jackson versus Prince. Or as they say, and that's a. Oh, I'm not going to do it again. But that is an enemy next joke involving Prince. Wait, what? I don't know that joke. I mentioned it during during an episode where where uh, <laughs> I forget the the setup, but uh, the. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Dot is is in the scene, and they say, "We're looking for fingerprints. We're looking to fi- I forget how they say it, but fingerprints." And Prince shows up, and she's like, "Not that kind of fingerprints." Oh, I do remember you mentioning that. Aren't you all glad you stayed around for all this? I don't think they did. I am a hundred percent sure no one was is listening right now. And hello people who are david i don't think david listens anymore nah i wrote him and told him not to well you know what i say bye felicia uh write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com that's all i remember as usual rate us highly on itunes um and oh add us on facebook like us on facebook become friends with us on facebook and tell your friends to like us on facebook but most importantly tell your friends to listen yeah you can add me as a friend on facebook i don't give a shit 
Uh, well, it's easier to add me because there's not as many as me. Although, if you do a Google search for my, my name, it's not me. It's mostly criminals. One one guy was a porn, pornographer from Chicago. Oh, yeah. We the other guys, about him. Yeah. Another, other guy was a, a, an IT guy in Newark who embezzled a bunch of money from the mayor. I think if you look up me, I'm a I'm like a fashion designer. Oh, I thought you were a 17th century poet. Oh, was I? I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. I see fashion designer. I think that's what... I don't know why I ever looked myself up. Um, oh, I love looking myself up, but it's never me. Yeah, no, me. Uh, why would it be? I have like one of those common names in the Western Hemisphere. Oh wow, you have JohnElliot.com is a is a fashion site. You're right. Oh, and you're a missionary. Oh, that's the wrong spelling. Missionary, come on. This is the this is the '90s. The women do yeah. all the work. John Elliot's he's a doggy style. And on that note, let me bid you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.